Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp. And today I'd like to welcome a guest onto the show who is one of the top 10 global thought leaders in equity crowdfunding. He's also a top five uh, fintech influencer, a published author, and a featured speaker on topics ranging from fintech to compliance, investor relations to transparency. So Mr. Oscar Hofre, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christian. I appreciate it. All right. It's it's really great to connect with you again, Oscar, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So, uh, you know, let's just get the ball rolling here and, uh, you know, give us a little bit of background and tell us about yourself. Great. Thank you. And, and uh, yes, let's have some fun because we are in the modern radio, right? So yeah, that's you it. can't that's see it. me, but I can see you. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, like most entrepreneurs, my journey is no probably, well, there are no two journeys the same, but uh, I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years now. Uh, happy to say that uh, I've enjoyed uh, the journey tremendously. Uh, I think I've enjoyed the downs more than the ups sometimes, as weird as that may sound, but you learn more through that mm-hmm. process. And, uh, you know, my mission has not changed since the very first time I got behind the, uh, you know, being on my own as an entrepreneur. And when I say being on my own, meaning, I decided not to be, you know, uh, participating, working for someone else rather than building something with myself and some colleagues. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 been a fun ride and enjoying it. Amazing, amazing, and and I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about as we as we progress. But um, yeah, Oscar, we talked about this last time, but like you know, uh, talk to us about a recent project that you've been working on that's gotten you really excited, and you know, clearly this has been an exciting year to say the least. Yes. I, I mean, for us, uh, it may seem like we're just starting today, but mm-hmm. like any journey, it until, you know, it, it, it takes a bit of time until people start recognizing the hard work that's gone into it. So yeah. uh, I'm not going to mislead anybody that what's happening today, the success we're having is because of today. It's because of the the, the work that we've done in the last 10 years. So this yeah. this yeah. journey, this current uh, op, uh, opportunity that we're working on today started over 10 years ago uh, and probably a bit longer than that because bits and pieces have come from other opportunities I've done. Um, and we, back then, 10 years ago, we, you know, I had the opportunity of meeting a very transformative individual that really changed my view into what was about to happen in the private markets on a global mm-hmm. scale. And then 10 years ago, you know, we didn't have the technologies we have today. Uh, they were talking about it. We didn't have the people didn't didn't have the vision of that uh, 10 years ago. But here we are. And, the, you know, for us, it's like anything else. When people are waking up to it and they're saying, oh, it's now needed. We're already here. We're already deployed. Um, yeah. So it, it's been really exciting. Uh, we believe that the private markets today are are about to go through one of the probably the most uh, em- empowerment in history, mm-hmm. uh, and that is that everybody's finally looking inside of it uh, yeah. and saying, "Hey, 
there's something here. Why haven't we looked at it deep enough? And we mm -hmm. are happy to be one of the participants. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, you brought up such a great point about like, um, you know, one of the most um, empowering and transformational or pivotal moments in history, um, most specifically for, for your industry. But we'll, we'll um, talk about that a little bit later on. Um, Oscar, you, um, you're, you're the co-founder and the president and CEO of a company called Corconex. Um, so this company is like a first of its kind, uh, all in one platform. It combines tools that securely and efficiently manage uh, business data, and it also helps to um, you know, facilitate compliance uh, for private companies. So you spoke about it a little bit um, you know, um, just a few minutes ago, but tell us about how you got started on this journey and some of the challenges that you faced early on in the piece. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, so when Corconex, as I said, 10 years ago, when the, mm -hmm. the, it was already bubbling up, understanding what was about to happen, Right. It, keeping in mind that our background came from the public world. So we kind of had an idea how public markets were formed and how distribution works and all the participants. So in the privates, it, I think most of us walk around with a very narrow view, like a racehorse in a racetrack. Huh. And we think that's the only thing that exists. So as we, uh, as the market was to be, you know, as they say, completely, I'm going to use it for the first time, disrupted as yeah. it has with the, the new regulations. Mm -hmm. It opened up something that most people really couldn't see at that time. So 10 years, well, even six, eight years ago, when we first started publishing information on it, yeah. most people couldn't see the problem. They even even though we painted it, we put pretty colors around it. We had experts mm -hmm. talking about it. They couldn't visualize, and that's just human nature. Human yeah. nature tells you that you know it, the problem doesn't exist. How can you be telling me about this? It, 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 I, I'm not there yet. They they're mm -hmm. so they're so caught up on what they're doing at this very moment that they can't see the next step. Mm -hmm. And you can't blame any of them. So the hurdles that we ran into in the early days of introduction of Corkinex wasn't that the opportunity was faulty or that the the, the, the platform didn't deliver what it, it's promised to be. Yeah. It's that most people couldn't see the problem that they were about to come to head with mm -hmm. um, when they started their process. Right. And so that was then. Today, the the reality is much different. We now have evidence. Uh, we, can, we can pinpoint them of any type of company from A to Z of any size. Yeah. And you, you as an entrepreneur can put yourself in that driver's seat and say, mm. wow, that can be me. So that's going to happen to me. Yes, that's going to happen to you. Um, yeah. You know, when the rules, the new rules came into play about five years ago, mm -hmm. people still didn't believe that they could actually raise the money. Now they can. Now they, again, they didn't understand what would come next. So it, it's... I think the biggest issue we dealt with is that people were comfortable doing things the way they did previously without understanding mm -hmm. that you've been given this gift uh, to democratize capital and all of a sudden you're, you're still operating old school. Um, yeah. But that shift is, a, is moving so rapidly now. And with COVID-19, that's just been accelerated tremendously. Yeah. So the CoreConnect All-in-One platform is... Uh, true one of a kind in the market it, it combines mm -hmm. all the things a company needs to manage its business from a c level onward and upward mm -hmm. sorry and, mm -hmm. and that's something you know people don't realize that in a company yes you got your accounting tools your crms and all that that's all operational 
Yeah. But, but now you need a tool to manage the board of directors, the shareholders, mm. the lawyers, the auditors. Now I need to raise capital. All of those things are done externally. They're done sporadically via email. And this is the most confidential information a company has. Right. And so in the past, we didn't worry too much about it because companies were not distributing this information too widely or the shareholder bases were maybe five or 10. Well, now we got companies with shareholder bases of 5,000, 10,000. How about 100,000? How about a million? Hmm. Everything changes. So that's what we were telling people 10 years ago. People are like, no, that can't be today. People go, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm waking up. I'm there. I, yeah. I got it. I know. I see how this is going to solve my problems. Right. No, I mean, thanks for sharing that. I mean, that, th th those are um, some pretty inc um, incredible um, and interesting points that you raised. And I think uh, one of them being, if I understood you correctly, is do you find yourself in your line of work having to educate um, a lot of the customers about, like, you know, uh, like you said, the democratization of, um, you know, the, 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 the capital markets and, uh, you know, getting people to understand how it works? Yeah, it, it's there. I mean, educating the market is just as important as anything else, right? Mm -hmm. One, how does it work? And what's the benefit? I mean, any company that comes to us, we're we're purely a platform. A, a yeah. platform. We're not we're not consultants. We're we're not mm -hmm. advisors. We you have the ability to use this platform and to connect you with all the things you need in the most right. efficient, cost-effective way possible so you can be successful in your race. But like any, any CEO, you're fixated. I need to raise my money. And so we try to make sure that out there we put the education through our partners, um, our ecosystem, to make sure that these companies understand that what is it that you're stepping into? So what is it that, what is this democratization of capital? So people treat it, oh, look at that. I got a new rule. We can raise more money. No, what is it? What is be what is behind it? What made the regulators? What made politicians? What made everyone get behind it? So mm -hmm. once you get behind that, you start understanding what is the transformation that's occurring and, and the disruption. And, 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 and in particular in the United States, what they did extremely yeah. well with, obviously, the father of the Jobs Act, the former vice chairman of NASDAQ, Mr. David Weald, mm -hmm. uh, who is also happens to be one of our advisors in our company. Right. Um, he drove that. He became that pivotal point in history where, you know, by having the U.S. change their rules, every other country around the world became a domino effect. So mm. make no mistake, uh, you know, the, the U.S. changes of the Jobs Act, it, it became everywhere. So what is the Jobs Act? What are, what are those rules? And mm -hmm. it, you don't need to get into the legals of it, but you just need to understand why. Why, yes. why, why was to create jobs, to create jobs, create jobs. So companies were complaining they need access capital so they can create jobs. Okay, so now you've been given this gift to get two. You know, the the owners of companies after the 2008 financial crash were complaining because they mm. lost everything, but the bankers made all the money. So now right. you, you get to retain control of the ownership. And then, of course, we needed to democratize capital to allow everyday American, 233 million of them, and then not just them, but globally to invest. Mm -hmm. And so now you've been given this gift, but that gift comes with massive responsibilities Absolutely. that you need to understand what you're undertaking. Mm. It's it, it's one thing saying, okay, I'll raise you know ten thousand dollars from my friends and associates. Okay, these are people that know you, but what if you're raising fifty? Sorry, my apologies, seventy five million mm. from people a hundred dollars a shot. 
So you now have 75,000 people that are don't know you. They love your vision and they're there. So how are you going to approach this? So yes. that's why it's the, the regulations are important. They drive it. Um, but people on the other side, you have to be as cognizant as why they were created and how it, it makes a big difference in your company. And then, of course, that that's part of the ongoing journey of any entrepreneur. You got to keep learning and understanding so you can grow your business. Yeah, no, that's exactly uh, that's exactly it. And those are those are definitely incredible insights, um, which leads me to my next point, Oscar. I mean, you, you spoke about this at length um, during our last conversation, and I think it was uh, um, it was such an important piece to um, most specifically with, um, you know, what's been going on, um, especially within this year. I mean, you know, like many companies in different sectors, I mean, you know, you went into this year with a plan that's clearly seen some changes. Uh, Due to the ongoing pandemic, but um, as I as I mentioned in the la in our last conversation, you mentioned that these changes have been very positive, um, you know, for the most part for your business. And in fact, if I remember you correctly, um, <clears throat> you said that the pandemic has been a catalyst um, to people uh, to get people online, and it's helped multiple industries. So not just yours, but multiple industries to reset or to reboot. And this is a reboot that we haven't seen in a while. So could you um, can you talk to us about that a little bit? Sure. So, you know, the the one thing that we're going to see uh, this time around that we mm -hmm. have not seen in in a long time is that we become complacent. We right. uh, as a as a business society, we we love technology. It's been great, uh, but you know, how many times do people go to people's office and they go? You do know there's a tool to make you more efficient, and they be like, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm so used to doing it this way, right? Yeah. And so, you know, when people are still doing email, <laughs> you know there's a problem because yeah. it, it really isn't an efficient tool. So mm. what needed to happen, happened, and nobody could predict it, but here we are mm. uh, with COVID-19. So COVID-19, uh, on the start of it, most people were at shock. First, the reaction was, oh, this will go away. I'll be back at the office and so on. Here we are. We're getting near the end of 2020. Uh, none of us are going back to the office. <laughs> Most mm -hmm. of us have either shut down or found a way to, uh, everybody's distributed. Yep. Uh, that's right, distributed, not remote, <laughs> distributed. Right. Um, and you become more, you, you find ways to work efficiently um, and find all the cracks within uh, your environment in your business. So that's mm -hmm. that's one effect. Yep. The, the, I think the bigger effect is that I make the analogy to what happened in 1999, December 31 at 12.01 a.m. Mm -hmm. and, and this is just kind of the same issue that with COVID. You couldn't have predicted, but you knew that if there was ever going to be a time, you know, people would tell you, but what if what if uh, you can't come to the office? Wouldn't it be better if people would, you know, people would not listen? They would say, no, no, no. You know, Christian and I will still have coffee. We'll go out do this. Yeah. And, you know, Christian wants to do it that way. Christian has no desire to go online. So now, you know, December 31, 1201, boom, the computers go off. They go back on, you know, yeah. you know, 70% of the world come back on. Everybody's smiling. Oh, look at that. So what was that? They were prepared. Mm. They were prepared. And then out of that 70%, you know, 20, 30% are new entrants. They weren't just prepared. They're coming in with a whole new way of doing things, knowing that the old system. So it it, it, it created. And then the 30% died. And those 30% were complaining, oh, yeah, my business died because of 2000. 
Your business did not die because of 2000. Your business died because you failed to plan and you failed to be actually paying attention to what the market was telling you. You were too busy or you felt that you were too busy um, taking care of business, but you actually weren't. Mm -hmm. You were still stuck in your old ways. And in fact, the failure, you could have pivoted immediately Mm -hmm. knowing that there was something was wrong, change the chip, get a new computer or something, but you didn't. You, You chose to really dwell on it. So, did that make us weaker as a, an industry? No, it made us stronger. But right. now we've become complacent ever since. Yes, we've had great paradigm shifts with social media and all that. We're mm-hmm. more online. We have the mobile device. But yeah. the reality is we're still doing things old school. Everybody yeah. has an example of a government or a bank or some sort of formal institution. You go, you guys still operate this way? Really? So mm-hmm. think about all those times you've said that. And now COVID-19 strikes. Yep. So COVID-19 strikes, and once again, we're in the same situation. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in that 70-30. Right. And the, the 30% that will fail, yes, some will truly fail because of COVID-19, because of the social distancing. And for those, I regrettably feel horrible. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't think it's over for them because we are seeing companies that are pivoting and saying, okay, you know what? They can't come to me. I'll go to them. There's, a mm-hmm. different, there's always another way. It's just how you approach this. But for other service providers, like in insurance and banking, capital markets, M&A, yeah. Yeah. any of those financial professional services in the sector that we're in, providing those, if you have not done so, you should be out. And, yeah. and that's exactly what this is doing. So, And then in the stats that are now coming out, it's demonstrating just that. So the first six months of this year, compared to last year, which mm-hmm. 2019 was a great year, but 2020, the first six months, was a 280% increase online for online investing. Now, why is that so important to understand that mm-hmm. the increase is dramatic, remarkable because yeah. of COVID-19? But it goes to show you that people wanted to keep investing, but not only that, they're investing online. So yeah. now that they've gotten used to that, so Harry comes back and says, hey, COVID is over. Let's get together for coffee. I have a deal. Yeah, don't you have an online place? No, no, no. You can email me your driver's license, your passport. We'll still do it. No, no, no. You know what? I want to do it this way. It's more efficient. Mm-hmm. I can track everything. I can mm-hmm. see exactly where it's at. I'm not in the dark. Mm-hmm. See, there. this is what's materializing. So it is a reset. It's a great reset. We needed yep. it. Uh, and what it's going to do, it's going to remove uh, layers in mm-hmm. every if everybody knows law firms you go into some of the big law firms their foyers 10,000 square feet yeah <laughs> look at yep. them now they're empty yes. why because the lawyers are working from home exactly. uh, so efficiency is what we needed we've been fat for too long and and ultimately who pays for that fat the clients and who pays for those clients the investors so you got to follow the money the money comes down to so this is going to make us all more efficient. It's going to provide mm-hmm. a better way. And because of it, that we become connected in a in this way, there is going to be better accountability and transparency and moving forward. But more importantly, I think now, because COVID is with us for at least another year, yeah. there's no going back. Yeah. There's no going back. Just like in 1989, moving to 2000, there's no going back. That old computer, just throw it in the bucket. Let's get a new one. Let's yep. move on. Yeah, yeah. No, those were some really awesome insights. And I mean, uh, you know, you hit so many nails on the head. I mean, um, 
Uh, that was an incredible stat, though. 200, uh, what was it you said? 200% increase in online investing? 80% increase in the first six months of 2020 over last year. Wow. That's wild. That's yeah, wild. So it, 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 right yeah. there, it, it, there it is the evidence. I mean, I've spoken yeah. to some colleagues in the insurance industry. Yeah. They're seeing a massive increase. But not oh, yeah. only that, they're seeing that their clients want to log in somewhere and manage their... So we've been making excuses. Mm. Human beings make excuses for other people. Yes. Right? They go, oh, you know, Oscar, um, my clients prefer to meet me face-to-face. They don't want to be logging in anywhere. Really? So do they have a mobile device? Yes, of course. Well, they got to log in to, to, for that. I mean, yeah. if they got an email, they got to log into that. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, their logic doesn't make any sense. It's no. their, what it is, is that they feel that this is the way to control the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's time to say goodbye. It, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, part of the, it's part of nature, as they say. Exactly. And I think, you, you know, uh, you, you brought up so many points, um, you, you know, um, that, that were, um, a, a great reflection of the current reality. And I think uh, I, I, I think one of the buzzwords for this year is just disruption. I mean, like, you know, this crisis has disrupted a lot of industries and it's moved a lot of people online, thankfully, um, especially in the spaces like uh, like like B2B um, uh, finance. I mean, all of these things that were long overdue and, you know, it, it took a crisis to get people to like shift. Right. A hundred percent. Yes. The. The, the realities is that everybody now realizes they should this should have happened before it couldn't happen. I mean, yeah. th- there are jobs in a company where, you know, it's, I'm not picking on any company, but I'm oh. sure everybody can reflect on this is mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody's got an assistant. I mean, mm-hmm. what does yeah. that assistant do yeah. to book your appointment? I mean, seriously, yeah. You know, you can use Calendly, you can use online mm-hmm. calendars where people can automatically schedule a meeting with you and it's really, really quickly. So there, right. there is a shift. Now, mm. I do feel bad. It, it, part of me feels bad that there are certain people that are going to be, um, you know, it, it's going to disrupt their lives. But there's an opportunity as well. Yeah. This yes. is going to, for that individual that didn't get the opportunity, they were stuck in that position, and now they can. They know the space and they know the tools. <laughs> Make no mm-hmm. mistake, all those individuals that were in charge of doing all the le- legwork and using the tools, you are in big demand now. You yeah. are the one in demand, uh, yeah. not the other person that you took care of. In fact, that's old school. The, those <laughs> individuals can't be onboarded onto a company. Mm-hmm. I look at our onboarding here at Cortinex. I mean, we're pretty yeah. fortunate. We're in a technology space, but you know, with COVID nineteen, what is the most important attribute of any one person that comes and joins our team? It's communication. Right. I, we're not monitoring whether you sit in your desk from eight till five or nine. But, but we're not. We mm-hmm. we all we care is that we can you can communicate with us. You understand. You can speak with us. Mm-hmm. So we're in an office environment. You would have, you know, you would have allowed a slight maybe, you know. Because you can sit beside them, they can point. But now, communication is critical. Oh, yeah. So, and then people, you know, that the question is now, how many different tools can you use? So, mm-hmm. the person with the most diversified tool set, and I'm not talking about email Outlook. I'm talking about yeah. real tools. Yeah. Tools that are, are there to make companies more productive. That mm-hmm. individual. So, that's, that's what I say. One side of you, you can go and say, ah, oh, my world is over. I lost my job. And, mm-hmm. and I am saying 
no, you actually have become so valuable. You just don't even realize it right now. It's actually your boss or the person you were serving that's actually going to have a hard time getting a job because when they go there, they don't even know how to turn on their camera and their computer to do a video interview. Mm. (laughs) They're like, I'm sorry, can can we do this over the phone? I'm not really, really. Then how are you going to conduct business with our clients? Right. right. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know how to use my notebook. I had my assistant do this before Mm -hmm. for me. I'm like, really? So these are inexcusable today. This is a, so, you know, I I heard somewhere a long time ago that the most valuable asset a a person can have is the ability to learn. Yeah. You know, I'm 55 years old Mm -hmm. and I'm just as excited as I was the first time I got into computers in the early 80s as I am today. And I'm sure there are many like us, but one thing that I keep going through all the time is that you've got to keep rebooting yourself. Yeah. And the rebooting is not every year, every three, yeah. it's every month, literally. Yeah. You, right. Yeah. And, and, and that reboot is not putting you off. It's just you're, you're, you're adding to the, to the information base that you carry. So you understand the growth and the opportunities. Otherwise you cannot bring a solution to the market. You can't, there's just not yeah. possible in this world. Any, the, the most valuable thing that I, as well, that I share with entrepreneurs today is this is COVID-19. COVID-19 mm-hmm. is what investors are looking for. They're, if you're in the technology space or anything, make sure your business is COVID-19. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you need to look, <laughs> understand why, then you clearly don't get it right. You've got to be COVID-19. You can't be building a solution where everybody gets around in a room together or there's going to be something face-to-face. You're, you're obsolete already. Yeah. You're obsolete already. That's it. That's it. And I mean, you know, there's that old saying, and this is really going back to your point, um, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? I mean, if you look back at all, you know, you've, you've brought up a couple of like uh, dates um, in, in the past couple of minutes, but with every crisis, um, companies emerged out of those, right? Or people that got laid off, um, you know, started their own company. So, you know, it, it's not all like doom and gloom. It's not. Oh, my God. I think it's so advantageous. I mean, these individuals have learned tools where others chose not to. Take that education and leverage it and leverage it with everything else you learned. But now, if you didn't learn while you were there, well, that's your own fault. That's another issue altogether. But if you just went there and sat there numb and did it, okay, well, you know, we're we're not in that role anymore. We need to be versatile. We need to be agile. We need Mm -hmm. to be... And more importantly, you need to be hopping around in tools. Like, uh, here's a perfect example of an industry yeah. that people think, well, Oscar, they're pivoting. They're not. So which is the conference business, oh, right? So yeah. the likelihood that we will attend a physical face-to-face conference in the next 24 months is next to zero. Mm. The risk factor right now, in particular in North America, is too high. Maybe in other yes. regions, but here it's just too high. So what's happening? Well, most of them are pivoting online. They go, see, Oscar, they're all going online. They're not pivoting. They haven't done anything different. They're still using the same model. They're mm-hmm. still, you know, they want the same sponsorship fees. So what's the value to me? Wow, you're going to be posted. No, you're not. The mm-hmm. fatigueness of a user is very different online than it is in a convention center. So okay. that model doesn't work. And same thing, the tools, the tools that you have. We all know Eventbrite. Eventbrite is the best tool for event registration, right? Eventbrite mm-hmm. should have been the leader in this space, yeah. and they aren't. A company They're called Hopin just raised $125 million. So mm-hmm. Hopin is a startup. What do they do? They put your entire event online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there's Eventbrite. <laughs> it's been around for like 100 years, 
just yeah, you know, we just do registrations. That's all we do. All yeah. the registrations are physical. We print them. It, it's yep. so there's this is where um those you know individuals who understand the market. Same thing yep. with uh, you know, HR tools. Mm-hmm. Who in there who is interviewing people face to face? Nobody. Nobody it's done online. So yep. what so be oh yeah, Oscar, we use Zoom. No, no, no. I'm talking about like if you're gonna give an HR tool, do it right. If yeah. you're going to have the individual apply, then make sure it goes in this platform. Make sure that if if the if the video interview is done right there, at the same time you have a marking system, and you might as well do it all in one platform rather than mm-hmm. doing all these sporadic systems. Yeah. And those who get that are launching it. So th- these yep. are the kind of things that are the opportunities because now, for the very first time, people are saying, you know what? Yes. You're right. I I do want to look at it. Yeah. I I I actually I don't want to what happened to us because see people will know there can be another COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. See and what happens next time it happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, couldn't agree more. Um, Oscar, from your experience, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about the misconceptions that you've seen, or you know, in terms of like what entrepreneurs and companies, you know, have. Uh, when it comes to the private capital market? Well, I think the, the problem we have as entrepreneurs is that we are we are misguided at times by yeah. what success is, right? Yes. So success is punched at us that, you know, you need to be a unicorn. So that's mm-hmm. one. Number two, you need to have a venture back to be successful. And um, we, we, we have a different opinion. And yeah. we don't just have an opinion. We have a statistical opinion to that. So what does that mean? Well, so in the United States, 150,000 plus companies a year raise capital. 150,000. That's one five zero 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 zero. Wow. And what's really important out of that is this, we already know how many venture-backed companies there are. 1,200. And there's mm-hmm. at least another 1,200 funds. Mm-hmm. So 2% of the market is already, that's it, 2%. So about 3,000 companies are... That's it. That's the only visibility we have. That's that's everything we shoot for. That we're told that that's we need to strive to be. And then if if if, if you're not, you're part of the other ninety eight percent, the one hundred forty eight thousand remaining. So one hundred forty seven thousand. Yeah. Sorry. So mm-hmm. are they not unicorns? And we argue that they are. And in fact, mm-hmm. we have evidence to prove that they are our unicorns, and, and that they've raised the capital. So why are they not covered? Why are they not mentioned? Because yeah. the the that side of the coin only follows venture back companies or companies that are invested by funds. So mm-hmm. in other words, so if your if your only view into life is this and you don't see the other, then you have this narrow view of the world, right? Yeah. Isn't that what we say to every Canadian? Travel the world, see what it's like. So when yes. you come home, you'll you'll have a much better appreciation of things. You won't think that you know, like some people think Canadians live in igloos and South <laughs> Americans live in huts and this yeah. and that. Yep. Those are all images that we have. Mm-hmm. So same thing in private markets. Entrepreneurs need to understand and know you have choices. You have lots of choices, in fact, but each choice you make takes you down a journey. So if you want to be a venture-backed company, which is there's nothing wrong with it, but make no mistake, it's a one, it's less than 1% of the overall market that gets that investment. I mean, mm-hmm. they do $20,000, 20,000 deals a year. And out of those 20,000, they only pick 1%. And, and that's fine. Maybe mm-hmm. If you are fortunate enough to be that one, perfect the mundo. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. 
Yeah. And if you're going to go that route, there is a route for it. You go through the accelerator route, the those routes, and then you get picked up and boom. But there's still other routes you can go. You can go to the angel groups. Mm. You can raise capital from the crowd. And this is, I think, I, you know, I, I, I would hear from entrepreneurs, oh, yeah, you know, Oscar, I really don't want to do that. It just kind of puts us out there. Yeah. Puts you out there how? Like, what exactly mm. do you think? Well, everybody's going to know about our deal. So first of all, every private company listening to this, let's get over ourselves. <laughs> nobody knows who we are. Yeah. We're not. I, I I promise you, nobody knows who Gorkinex is yet. Mm-hmm. I we're 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 we are a prominent player in the space, but we're nothing. Mm-hmm. We we're we're not in every billboard. We're not in every. We are no names. And mm-hmm. if you can put that in your mind then you'll be able to understand that it's okay to go out to the crowd and raise your capital. Americans do it every single day. The rest of the world does. Because yep. those who realize and recognize that, wait a minute, I can raise my capital. I can get $75 million into my company and grow it. I, so, But you chose a different path. So mm-hmm. understanding the different paths that they can take. And two, understanding that just because you didn't get venture back doesn't mean your deal is not good deal. Mm-hmm. I disagree 100% cohortedly with the statement of VCs that say, if a company is not venture back, it's a lifestyle company. I disagree 100%. Mm-hmm. I have one great client. I have many great clients. My apologies, 120,000 plus, yeah. but a few and one in particular. They raised 100,000 many years ago, a few years ago, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And up to now they've raised 130 million. 130 million they're worth over 1.3 billion pounds. Wow. Now, they're not in any of the pitch book or crunch base or anything like that. They're, they're not recognized as a unicorn, but they are a unicorn. And there mm-hmm. are thousands of unicorns out there that people don't know about. And that is what we're bringing to light. That's the that's our whole mission at CoreConnects, to empower this ecosystem, to brighten it up, to bring, it, to bring a light to the 98% that's mm-hmm. been in the dark for so long. We're, we are truly in the dark ages sometimes. And, yeah. and so there are many opportunities that, you know, you sell too soon because you didn't know, or you go, mm-hmm. oh, if I don't get venture, I got to sell it. No, you don't. There's yeah. other ways. You don't need to give up on your goal. And, you know, there's other ways to move forward. Right. Exactly. And I mean, those were really some incredible insights. And I mean, if I were to compare this, um, you know, what you've been talking about in the past couple of minutes, it's almost as if, you know, if somebody's driving a car, let's say from Toronto to, I don't know. Montreal, there's many ways to get there, right? Um, you can use a map, or you can just Google it with a GPS, and the GPS will give you some, you know, some some options in terms of routes. And the route that you take, I guess, is entirely up to you. There's a quick way to get there, and there's the there's the, there's a the long way around. It, it it is, and mm-hmm. the the journey is 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 exciting. Um, yes, but I just. Like I said, I I, mm. I I see the the biggest problem with entrepreneurs. They just don't understand what those journeys are. Right. And then um, they're scrambling. Oh, I'll take money from anywhere. Yeah. And usually that's what people say. They they say that people that are looking for money outside of VCs, they'll take any money. Um, yeah. And so I I believe that the the biggest key element. And what we're doing in our ecosystem, which is getting great momentum, online investing, Mm -hmm. that's not VC investing. This is our world. This is the dark, dark, (laughs) the dark age is coming to light. This is where people are going to be exposed to 
wow, I didn't know that was going on. Yes, there are companies raising $75 million every year and they can, they can go back every year and raise 75 million from anybody over the age of 18 and every, and the investors do not need to be accredited. And the investor has a security, a share in a company that they can fully trade in a secondary market. That is live today. That is, so these are the things that make the, uh, you know, the the private market. So there's, there's the VC back, great, great journey. It's got an ecosystem of itself, the lawyers, the auditors, and all the players there. Then you got the funds, which again, fund administration, great. Then there is the 98% of the big bucket. And we're finally looking at that big bucket, what it does and what it represents. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, that's, that, that's, um, that's, that's absolutely incredible. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. So what are, what are some of the key trends um, you know, in the uh, private capital market that um, you know, entrepreneurs should look out for? And, um, talk to us about your top three predictions based on these trends. Well, so the with obviously with COVID nineteen, the catalyst, yeah. it's the, the biggest trend is we're we're moving online now. Yes. It's it's now there. It's the for an entrepreneur, you got to think of the investor. Think about it for a moment. If you don't know the investor, yeah. and you need to raise a significant amount of capital, um, mm-hmm. and you need to get them to your story. So they're going to view your story online. They're going to watch your video online. They may watch your presentation online. Mm-hmm. So they want to c- connect the presentation, the investment online. Mm-hmm. So this is part of the biggest thing that we are uh, are experiencing right now is these trends is going online. So with that, with that comes the fact that we now need to understand that we we now need to manage the the entire company online. So this is going to be another transformation mm-hmm. that's going to happen inside the company itself that they're, yeah. they're realizing that we do need to clean house. We do need to, if they're, if they're putting their business online, we now need to do ours as well. Otherwise, right. how can we communicate? How can we participate? So mm-hmm. for us, it's really simple. This catalyst is driving all the different factors we need. And then that third piece, because you've been given this opportunity to raise money, you now need to manage it. You now have an investor base that you need to manage, cultivate, take care of, report to. Um, So all these tool sets have been out there independently. Obviously, CoreConnects, we bring them all to you in one platform. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the the reality is you do need these three things. You need them. Because otherwise, you can't take advantage of the the opportunity to gain access to this capital. So if right. you bring in the old school mentality, oh, manage them in Excel. Good luck with that. There's no you can manage five people, maybe ten. You can't do a thousand. You can't even do a hundred on Excel without it breaking apart. You know, oh, keeping yeah. track of it and moving it around different pieces. So for oh, us, yeah. we believe that online investing is going to continue for the next twenty four months. We believe the next six months will not be 280%. We believe it will be 560% based mm-hmm. on the going trend that's going now. Um, obviously, one of the big uh, predictions we had was that uh, the SEC would increase the uh, the limits. Um, 
by the new year, but they beat us to it on November the 2nd. They oh. increased the limits for Regulation CF to $5 million oh, and Regulation okay. A plus to $75 million. This is going to change everything again. That's, that's clearly some progress there. <laughs> yes, huge progress, yeah. right? For companies to access capital, to be mm. able to, again, you're, you're being provided more options in how you can fund your opportunity. But again, it comes right. with responsibility. You need yes. to understand how to harness that power of, of that capital raise and then leverage it for not only as holders, but what other roles can they have? We mm. often refer to these individuals as ambassadors. Why? Because these are your customers. Yeah. Imagine for the very first time, you can actually go to your customer and say, you like my product so much, fantastic. Mm. Why don't you invest $100? And by the way, I'll throw in a month for free. Or by the way, I'll give you this zip drive for free. So you can even incentivize the investors. Mm. Never been able to be done before. It's historically, it's one of the most, again, transformative things that's happened in the private markets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, just listening to like your, your predictions already got me excited. So, <laughs> I, I mean, this is definitely an incredible time, um, you know, as you're witnessing all of these things being migrated online. And I think you, you've brought it up a, a, a few times and it's, and I think it's such an important point that um, entrepreneurs need to educate themselves about, not just about the options that are out there, but also the responsibility that comes with those decisions that they make, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. They, they, that is critical because if yeah. they do not, they will never have a full grasp as to why, what, what's happening to them. I mean, yeah. when somebody uses like a regulation like A plus and you yeah. have 75,000, you don't, you don't report to them weekly or monthly. If you mm. do that, you're committing suicide yeah. uh, as a company. You need to understand these people fell in love with your opportunity. They want to be mm. part of your journey. Yes. So, you know, one of the arguments I got into about six, seven years ago when I wrote mm -hmm. an article that, you know, make your, your shareholders into customers, into ambassadors, mm. was from a VC that said, who in their right mind would ever want 5,000 shareholders? And I said, mm. well, you know what? That's ironic. And he goes, what? Why is that? Because when I come looking for money, the mm -hmm. very first thing I'm asked is how many customers I have. Right. And the more customers I have, the more it values their opportunity. Because that's correct. I yeah. said, that's what these people are. They are the customers of this product. They're investing in it. They yep. are the best, you know, they're socially driven. They're, I don't need to pay them as influencers. They already, they, in fact, they're paying the company to become an influencer. Mm -hmm. So that is transformative. And yeah. those who understand how to do it, and there are many great companies who have done that. We have many companies that have changed that. And the success yeah. is going back every year, raising another 50, another 50, and now they're going to raise 75. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's absolutely amazing, and I think you uh, that was really the most appropriate description. It's it's transformative. That's that's totally what it is. Um, yeah, Oscar, um, and we we talked about this in the previous call. You know, there's in every field of expertise in your industry, undoubtedly, uh, is there's no exception um, here as well. There's a few commonly held beliefs, right? So there's certainly a few of those when it comes to raising capital. So talk to us about one such belief and why you strongly disagree with it. That you need to be a venture-backed company to be successful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've said it before, and I'll yes. keep reminding people, get, don't think that way. Just, mm -hmm. it, you know, you can still be, if you truly believe and you've got customers to follow you and you can grow your business, you may not scale as fast, you may not raise as much capital as they do, but there's now there's ways to do it. 
So yeah. that I think that's one big one. Uh, okay. The second uh, held belief, commonly held belief, and again, it, because VCs talk about it, it it makes you feel not worthy when yeah. they say that if you're not a venture back company, you're a lifestyle company. And I disagree with that. Look at mm-hmm. Kosh, the Kosh brothers in yeah. the United States. <laughs> it's yeah. a multi billion dollar corporation. <laughs> yeah. and it's not venture back, right? Mm-hmm. The Waltons yeah. are not venture back. So right. um, there are a lot of probably held companies. I apologize, Walton is not, but there are others mm-hmm. that are probably held. So I think it's just about making sure people get over these things to make sure they understand. I'm certainly not saying, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, the venture route is not the right route. Yeah. I am simply saying you have options. Look at all the options you have in front of you. What are the things most important to you? What is each one giving you a value? And that mm-hmm. will help you understand some of these beliefs that you have. And the, the next belief that I think you everybody needs to get over it. Nobody knows you. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. No matter how big you got to raise, you got you got thirty thousand, you got a million followers. Yeah. We're still a spec. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we are a spec. And, yeah. and and I don't mean any disrespect to that. I just mean that because of that, you can relax a bit. Mm-hmm. I just told you about a company that's worth over a billion dollars. And, and, uh, you know, nobody really knows who they are. It, yeah. I, I mentioned their name and people go, never heard of them. Of course, yeah. <laughs> there are many billion dollar companies. Many of us have never heard of. So right. just don't feel that, you know, because it's, you see it in the news, because you read the same rags, tech crunch, crunch base, coin desk, or news, whatever form of online magazine you read, just mm-hmm. work on your goals. Put the strategy in place. Where do you want to raise the money? What kind of capital do you need? What is the goal? What is truly understand your requirements? Mm-hmm. Forget about what others are doing because as soon as you get caught up in that trap, yeah, you it will be seen that you, you're not following what you're doing. You're following what others are doing. So mm-hmm. for me, it's 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 really those kind of hangups. Um, mm-hmm. And do not fear the crowd. Right. If you fear the crowd, then do you you don't want customers then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no. there you go. <laughs> Amen. I, that's that's a simple answer that I can give everybody. No, that's uh that that was um that advice was really gold, and I think uh, you know you've as you've rightfully alluded to. I mean, success can come in different forms, and it's not always necessary that you have to go with the flow. I mean, if if this year has taught us anything, it's that you know sometimes you just have to like break from the flow, right? And sometimes swim against the current. I mean, that's what disruption's about, right? Well, but uh, but that's a great example. So, what would you yeah. do if if we weren't if uh, people didn't have online investing, right? People are still yeah. investing for a reason mm-hmm. because they want to make money. Okay, then let's 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 make sure that uh, we 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 do that because otherwise we're gonna, we're going to have a problem here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's I think it's important that we recognize that it's. It's not just one way that mm-hmm. it's going to happen. So I'm, like I said, I'm really excited about the fact that we are going to. The, I don't want anybody listening here today thinking mm-hmm. that I like COVID nineteen. I don't. I've been in no. quarantine since February. Yeah, it's you know, but yeah. you have a choice. You can either grumble about it or that, yeah. or you can embrace it and see it for what it is. Yeah, it is an opportunity. And I want people to listen to this. It's an opportunity mm-hmm. for anybody who didn't exist before yeah. to emerge as the next unicorn. Right. And I truly mean that because mm-hmm. there are things that you are thinking about right now that can help like the company like Hopin. 
Nobody saw Hopin before COVID-19. People would say, why on earth would you ever need a platform to do an event online? We don't, mm-hmm. you know, we go to conventions. So mm-hmm. that's why Eventbrite was number one. Yeah. Amazing how one event turns things around. Right. And so, and that's, that's just in one area. It's going to be an insurance, mm-hmm. HR, banking, yeah. you know, capital markets, online investing, all of these things, there's still opportunity. So I believe there will be new entrants emerging and there'll be old ones disappearing. Yeah. And that's just the way the market is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so name one thing that you think people should start doing and one thing that people should stop doing when it comes to raising capital. And I, and I, and I believe you've, um, you've mentioned a few of these already before, but name one thing for each category. Um, I mean, the, the, the one thing you got to stop doing when you're raising capital is doing the same thing hmm. over and over again without <laughs> just, you know, getting any results, thinking that eventually you'll, because yeah. you, you, you hear the story that you got to hit on a thousand doors before you get one, but that's, you that's miss hard. the other parts of it is that yes, you went through one door and it gave you feedback and you're modifying, you're, you're, you're trying different things all the time. So yeah. Yeah. You, you, that, that's number one. Um, so the second part, what things you should be doing, mm-hmm. okay, um, is not giving up. I mean, yep. look, a, a raising capital is not easy. No, it's it, it it's uh, if it was the easiest thing on the planet, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. Not suggesting that nobody. This is not available to everybody, but it's not being an entrepreneur. Is there isn't a book? Mm. I I. I personally, I can't speak for every other entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but I've been asked, hey, Oscar, why don't you write a book about what it's like being an entrepreneur? Really? Mm-hmm. But my journey will be so different than yours. So yeah. different. I can't imagine that two entrepreneurs are going to be the same, just like two capital races are not alike in any way. Yes. The dollar amount, maybe you both raise 5 million or 10 million, 100 million, mm-hmm. but it's in the details, right? It's in the That's details it. that matter. That's the real deal. So, you know, not giving up, and, and constantly revisiting and surrounding yourself with smart people, mm-hmm. right? Having people that are going to advocate for, for you, assist you in what you're working on so you can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really great advice. And, you know, um, the, the bit about like not giving up and perseverance and, you know, to your second point, <clears throat> it reminds me of an expression I heard in one of these webinars. So the guy says, um, you don't always get what you want, but you always get what you vibrate. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, Oscar, man, this has been such an incredibly insightful and engaging session. Um, thanks so much for coming on and uh, you know sh- sharing your experiences with us. What's the best way for people out there to connect with you? Well, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm on mm-hmm. Twitter under Oscar Joffrey, Facebook Oscar Joffrey, LinkedIn Oscar Joffrey, okay. email is it's Oscar at coreconnects.com. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not. You can find me on Wikipedia as well. I believe I'm mm-hmm. on there as well. So I'm pretty. I'm pretty easy to find yep. uh, in this day and age. We're all digital. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we, we are here. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Oscar, this session has been absolutely incredible. Um, you know, thanks again for your time. I certainly hope that the listeners were taking notes throughout this interview. I know I was. So um, thanks again for your time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.